Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. I want to say a big welcome to everyone. Thanks for joining us in Cruise Control on Africa Tech Radio. We are your number one technology radio reporting on technological advancements in Africa. And we do this one broadcast at a time. So for every time you're listening to us, we're bringing in something new. We're letting you into the space and telling you what's up, what's new, what's popping. And on Cruise Control today, just like I usually do it, I speak with innovators, thought leaders and change drivers in the tech space my guest is a professional career coach so they're going to she's going to be telling us what we need to do to be able to navigate our career and advance in our career as a techie yes you know i got you i got you so i have for me miss welly that's her name and she's going to do a proper introduction of herself because she's already here and i'm super excited to be talking with her today Hi, Miss Welly. Hi, hi, Buki. You mean hi, Vumi? Oh, Vumi. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, that's I just wanted you to introduce yourself because uh, me and names. I just usually pick the one I know. I'm not going to fumble with. I don't like fumbling with people's name. Thanks for joining me on the show today. So great to have you. It's good to be here. Hello, hello, everybody. Yes. So um, you can do us a proper introduction of yourself before we delve into the conversation proper. Okay, so my name is Vumile. My surname is Msweli. I'm a South African-born career coach, but a very proud Pan-Africanist. For my sins, my background is in accounting. Um, I spent the better half of a decade in the financial services sector. I then was able to work in South Africa. I've worked in Germany, Singapore, Congo, Nigeria, West Af- most of West Africa. And I started a business called Hesed Consulting. And in essence, what I do is I connect people from where they are to where it is that they're wanting to be in their careers. I started out in South Africa, subsequently grew the business in Nigeria, Botswana, Rwanda. We do some work out in Uganda. We've opened up our offices in Kenya. And our research arm is out in the U.S. For my sins, I was an accountant. Uh, post that, I um, I did my MBA at the University of London, my postgrad at New York University, my other postgrad at Harvard. I'm doing my doctorate in uh, applied leadership and coaching. And my last job before I started my business, of course, was in the ICT sector. So quite familiar with the tech space where I ran Africa for a telecommunications firm called Vodafone out of the, out of the United Kingdom. Mm, that's such a big introduction. Massive. I love it. I love it. Uh, you're one of those people I like to introduce on my show. I'm like, she's the lady with the big bag. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And it wasn't easy to, to get her on the show, guys. It wasn't easy. She's always booked and busy. And that's why I really, really love that a woman is actually pushing the boundaries and doing things. And I also like during the introduction, you mentioned that you help people um, navigate their career from where they are and where they need to be, which is something we're going to be discussing on the show today. But first, there are a lot of things you've said I really want to pick on, but it's Monday and being Monday, some people are excited to get back to work mode and some people are just having the Monday blues. What would you say about that? So I think how you feel on Monday is often a reflection of where you are mentally, psychologically, and emotionally when it comes to your career. If we all knew that Mondays are the days we get paid, a lot of us would get very, very excited and jump out of bed because we're excited to receive the money, Mm -hmm. which means we're excited to receive the money. But if we're having Monday blues, we're not excited to expend the energy in order to acquire the money. So the question then becomes, why? What about what you're currently doing frustrates you, makes you unhappy, 
or makes you potentially feel unseen that if you could you would change and you would then get to a point where you jump out on a monday so for me mondays are my absolute favorite days I literally start my work at seven o'clock on a Monday, mm-hmm. and I push all the way all the, all the way till nine p.m. because it is my most productive day. I feel fresh and excited. So if you're not feeling like that, the question is why? What is happening that needs to change in your career? Hmm. That's such a, a very very crucial question to ask because most people on Sundays they start whining about maybe their horrible bosses, managers, and uh, probably they don't even like their coworkers or the 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 distance they have to go to work at and it's quite crucial that we start asking ourselves this important question to be able to know what direction to take i'm just uh thinking about people who are probably thinking that they don't like their careers anymore and they want to switch i know you you talked during your introduction that you also made a switch how is it like uh switching and what are the things that helped you when you you switched your career So in conducting a career transition there are a number of things you need to ask yourself. The first is where do you want to go? Okay? So I started out in the financial services sector. I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur. So that transition for me there were skills that I did not have in corporate that I needed to master in um in entrepreneurship. So what are those skills? And you only get to know those skills by engaging people who are masters where you're wanting to be. So I needed to master sales. I needed to understand personal branding. I needed to be able to navigate doing business in Africa. So in looking at the skills I needed, I then started working on them where I was, where I found myself in my career. So that's the first step. Where do you want to be? What is the gap and how do you close that gap? And there are a number of ways of closing that gap. You can do things like volunteering. Volunteering is always good because it gives you exposure. You can do things like networking, which is what I did to get into telecommunications from a, from the banking sector. I put my personal brand out there and I started networking to get the exposure I needed. You can do things like coaching, reaching out to a career coach and saying, "Listen, this is where I'm wanting to be. How do I close that gap?" And you can do things like mentorship, getting someone to mentor you who is a master of where you're wanting to be, so they can start showing you the ropes and giving you the exposure you need for you to actually transition. Uh, that's that's really good. Um, highlighting all the skills that is necessary for the for making the transition. Uh, you also talked about some skills that should be have, and I'm just thinking, what are some technical skills that you think might help when navigating or transitioning a career path, especially when you're looking at the tech space now? Most people think, oh, I have to know coding, I have to do this, but sometimes I do tell them it's not about coding or knowing how to use Python. or the likes of it you need some other soft skills so what are these soft skills and why is it important to have them so in looking in the tech space yes it's called tech because technical competence of course is the first step right mm-hmm. it's the hygiene factors which we expect you to have is to have an interest in technology have an interest in te- some technical competence depending on where it is that you're wanting to be but over and above that there are a lot of things that are soft skills that are required within the tech space specifically in the african context right so if we're looking at that the first is your ability to network Mm-hmm. Your ability to build relationships is going to be critical for the future. 
um, you know, where, where the tech market is in the continent versus where it is in Europe, Asia, and even the likes of, um, of um, America, we're very, very far behind. Look at something as simple as quantum, uh, quantum computing. It's shocking that the world has invested billions. China has invested almost 20, 20% of that. And Africa, zero. So what we have to bring to the table is our human capability and our ability to connect. Right. So that's one aspect we have to bring to the table. The second is creativity. Tech is built on creativity. It's the ability to see the world not as it is, but how it could be. Mm. So if you're going to be playing in the tech space, that innovation and creativity is something you can bring to the fore. And of course, as, we, as we're noticing the tech booming in the social media space, it's booming in that space because, because it's the ability to build communities. How are you able to rally people around your idea, your piece of problem-solving uh, technology that, that a community is built around it that will include not just yourself, but your users, your stakeholders, potential funders? Building a community around that ideology is a skill that's going to be critical for you to succeed in the tech space, not just in Africa, but in the globe. Well said. I'm just thinking uh, the career space. I can speak for Nigeria. It's also booming. Uh, there are lots of uh, people building community hubs are happening. They're having speaking engagements here and there. I'm just wondering, how is the tech space in South Africa? How is it over there? So um, tech in South Africa is quite interesting, right? So, so, well, the first thing is if you're in South Africa, you know that we're one of the only countries in the world that have like four capital cities. A lot of people don't know that. So you would assume that tech would be happening in the capital city where most of business is happening being Johannesburg. And that's not the case. It's actually happening a lot in Cape Town. So Cape Town is becoming the tech hub for the country. So that's very, very interesting. So, And I think there's a little bit of a correlation there because our capital markets are also very big in Cape Town. Is it a case where the funders are, where the tech guys are following the funders? Perhaps. But it's also maybe a case that Cape Town has probably got the highest number of um, international people visiting. So that's the is if you're going to be playing in tech in South Africa, you're most likely going to be looking at Cape Town versus a Johannesburg, a Durban, or a Pretoria. So that's the first first aspect we've got there. The second aspect is our tech has been quite interesting because where we are predominantly growing is in two areas, fintech. Mm-hmm. Fintech is huge in South Africa. A lot of people aren't aware that some of the things like um, cashless withdrawals, it, it, it started in South Africa. So we've always had an affinity for technology and innovation around our finances service sector. And that's probably because we've got one of, one of the top five in the world, most robust financial services sector. So that's a natural place uh, for that to be booming. But also what's been interesting is seeing the shift towards fast-moving consumer goods and, and supply chain, some of the t- interesting tech coming coming into the country, coming from the country, from that, that, from that arena. And of course, like everywhere in the world, the competition for talent is ridiculous. So what a lot of my clients are saying, Vumi, how do we keep our developers? How do we keep our tech, our tech talent? And it, it's really going beyond just the paycheck because at this point, people are starting to sign their own paychecks mm-hmm. when it comes to the tech world. So it has to be a lot around purpose. What is your purpose? What does your workplace look like? Is it flexible? Because we all know most, most tech talent wants flexibility and autonomy in how they do the work and when they do the work. So I've had to advise clients to do things like throw out working hours. It doesn't work. You're going to be competitive as one of the large organizations and keep the tech in-house. 
you have to meet them where they are. You have to be competitive. It, it's also become a case of how do we solve for African problems with African tech talent and not expecting them to just replicate and duplicate what we're seeing in the rest of the globe. So having interesting solution problem hackathons and and um, and, 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 and challenges are what we need and what we're seeing as some of the trends happening um, currently um, in, in the country of South Africa. Impressive. I really like that because honestly, South Africa is one of those people with unicorns in the Africa continent. And I really like the fact that uh, people are looking at ways they can actually retain their talent. Because over here in Nigeria, we're really struggling with that. Most of our talents are like... The- you guys are japering. That's why you're struggling. We're japering, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for alternative and that's um, going to be in the angle of salary negotiation. And you also mentioned flexibility of the workers because most talents in the tech space are really young and they don't want to do it like the old school ways. They want new ways of doing things like remote working and the four day work week, which has also been a, co- a big conversation angle in the tech space. So I'm going to take this in the salary negotiation skill first. What would you advise for techies? to put forward when they're negotiating salary and also what would you advise the companies maybe starters uh, founders and um, employers what do you think we all should do that would enable our tech talents want to work in the country and want to work with the company so so my 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 view is a little bit controversial. It's probably Please also why the like on popular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also probably why it's it's one of my topics for my for my for my dissertation and my doctorate, and that is I think we should not be trying to keep African talent in Africa. Okay, I'm of the opinion that that African talent should stay in Africa physically, but earn in euros and dollars and spend that money in nairas and shillings and rands. That's the quickest way for us to start closing some of our economic gaps and getting foreign direct investment indirectly, not looking at the government, but looking at our biggest resource, which is human capital Mm -hmm. on the continent of Africa. So that's the first thing. So I think if you're a techie in Africa, yes, get work, get flexibility, get it remotely, work work in the continent, for the continent, but earn in a different currency. One, what this does is it will make you more competitive to your European, American, and Asian counterparts purely because of, of currency. The second thing is that it actually, in essence, then allows you to start bringing in a completely different lens to the problems that you're trying to solve for from a tech perspective. And the third thing we also need to realize that is if you are going to work in Africa, we, we also have to realize that they're different tiers, right? So if you are being approached by some of the bigger giants, like the Googles, the MTNs, the Facebooks, how they're going to view talent is going to be very, very different if you're sitting in, in the Silicon Valley of, of Kenya, right? Because it's fundamentally different because you're dealing with the startup. There are finite resources with startups, specifically on the continent. We're waiting for grants. We're waiting. People are self-funding and bootstrapping. So your ability to negotiate is different. So be realistic about the landscape you find yourself. And the third thing is when you are a techie, you've got an advantage because your inherent industry dictates that you don't just get paid in the currency, you can ask for equity. And I can tell you now, I would have rather happily worked for 500 US dollars at Facebook and gotten a good 10, 20% in equity mm-hmm. and held on for 10, 15 years, than gotten paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, in perpetuity. 
right? So you also have to look at where you're working. As a startup, what are the opportunities that are there? Are you looking at equity? And if you are looking at equity, are you playing the long game or are you playing the short game? Because also in your own career, is it a case of, for me, I just want the experience so I can take the time out and build my own business? Or is it a case of, for me, I want to collaborate and work with someone and grow something? And then I also think as a techie, what you need to be looking at, quite honestly, in negotiating and looking at your salary, is the Africa Free Continental Trade Agreement. It's literally around the corner. How are you preparing to export those skills? And do you have enough exposure to the cultural nuances on the, in the rest of the continent, right? So I'm very fortunate. My entire team, we have a, a, a daily huddle, and I'm hearing Nigerian accents, Kenyan accents, Zimbabwean accents, <laughs> Um, Congolese accents and that's just my team of my business and the reason I've designed my business like that is I want to have nuances and nuanced understanding of every market we operate in and if you're a techie and all you know is Lagos you're going to find yourself very very out in the cold because someone who's sitting in Lilongwe in Malawi is exposing themselves to cultural nuances across the world, across the continent. So even as they're coding, even as they are uh, designing customer customer experience solutions, they're looking at, at looking at it not just from the lens of where they grew up, but they're looking at it from every single potential perspective client who is not just from their corner of the world. Absolutely, absolutely. That was very insightful because I was just taking note and you talk about equity. I think um, as a Nigerian, I can speak... I can speak, not generalize, but I just think I can speak on this one. Uh, most companies, the, they don't give the chance for people to ask for equity they just move straight to how much do you want to be paid i think it would be a good conversation to start having when we're going through our job interviews asking for equity of course you mentioned the free trade agreements which is also very good they're moving to cultural nuances because um most techies are moving out they're jack wearing and some of them are still working for people abroad while still being in Nigeria, how do they handle this cultural nuance? How do uh, they manage with diversity of cultures and, of course, of people in the workspace? Is there any tip you can give? Yes, so immerse yourself in another culture. So I'll use the example of so when I moved, I studied, uh, some, I spent some time in Ghana. And I remember my first time in Nigeria and then deciding I was going to go build a business in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So living in South Africa, I only consumed Nigerian content, only listened to Nigerian news, only ate Nigerian food, only watched Nollywood films. <laughs> and I got to understand the country. So even the Nigerian accent no longer sounded foreign to me. So mm -hmm. by the time I landed in Mohamed Mutada, I felt at home. I did the same thing when starting my business in Rwanda. I only watched Rwandan movies. I only listened to Rwandan news. I only ate Rwandan food. So where you find yourself, find time to immerse yourself into the culture of the people that you are potentially wanting to engage with, right? So let's say you are in... Um, you are in, you're sitting in Abuja and you are like, I actually want to go crack it in Cape Town, South Africa. What South African languages have you exposed yourself to? What South African food do you know of? Uh, what are the people like? What does the music sound like? What, what are the drivers of the people? What do they sound like constantly? Can you pick up the different accents? Can you say, oh, okay, that person speaking, they're speaking Kosa. That one is speaking Sesotho. Where you start to understand the psyche of the people. When you start doing that, you start getting the cultural nuances. What's different about them? How do they approach things? How can I, if I know what makes them different from me, 
I know what my advantage is. I therefore can leverage that to add value. So I think that's one of the easiest ways. And right now we have no excuse. We've got the internet, right? Yeah. We've got the University of YouTube, which can give us complete access. So making sure that you're able to immerse yourself in those cultures and picking up those nuances makes a very big difference. Because I can tell you what made me successful in Nigeria did not work for me in Rwanda. So I had to shift and adjust in order to be successful in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So those, the being able to adapt who we are and how we approach things for our target audience, for me, are some of the bare basics of being successful in business. I was just wondering what's the difference that, uh, because most times people just be like, especially the white people, they'll be like, oh, you guys are Africans and they believe that we're all the same. And hearing from you, having someone who has worked with Nigerian and worked with Rwandans and also you're a South African, what was the major difference you noticed? So West Africa has a very different, I'd say, swag to East Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And that's very generic. So I found when I arrived in, when I'm in South Africa, people think I'm confident. When I arrived in Nigeria, I was too humble. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to step up, step up how I spoke. Mm. People in Nigeria specifically tend to be louder than people in Ghana, mm. right? And I found also in Nigeria, when, when speaking and articulating yourself, I had to be a little bit faster in my in my style of speaking, in my volume of speaking, and in, in being a bit aggressive in what I wanted, and and not being as accessible, right? Mm-hmm. So in Nigeria, if you're too accessible, you don't get as much as you could if you withdraw access to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Nigeria, we don't do business in the office. You do business when people are inviting you come to this wedding. Where, where's their shwebi? That's where business is done. It's a social. It's a social. It's a country where business is social. And for me, who's someone who likes to wind down on the weekends and naturally isn't someone who goes out a lot, I found that very difficult. But unless I was willing to go out and have drinks after work and be very social, I wasn't getting business in my in Nigeria. Then I got to Rwanda. And my South African um, outspokenness was seen as very brash. So I had to tone that down. I had to lower my volume. I had to slow down my pace. I had to go with the flow and not push business. Whilst in Nigeria, that's at the forefront. When I'm in East Africa, specifically when I'm in Tanzania, when I'm in Kenya, well, Kenya, I can, I can be more business forward. But in Tanzania, in Uganda, in Rwanda, it's more about connecting. We'll talk about business later. So... You, you can go through an entire dinner and no one asks you what you do in that part of the world. Whilst in Nigeria, it's the first thing. So it's, it's, it's those nuances that you need to quickly get into flow with by studying the people. And if I had not immersed myself in the culture, I wouldn't have picked that up. Interesting, interesting, because while you were talking about mixing social with business, it's, uh, I just remember my friend from Netherlands, he came in and was like, he doesn't just understand how he's going to be at a very loud party and people get to discuss business. So he thought he was going to have the business meeting at the office and he was invited for a burial ceremony and the conclusion of the business meeting was going to happen there and so it was it was hilarious to me but he wasn't finding it funny and i also remember one of my km friends who came in i'm like you guys party a lot you're always outside and you get back to business like it's nothing i'm like i don't know i don't know how you guys do it yet but we just find a way and to to work around it that's really interesting you're hearing it from you another thing i'm just thinking about is referrals because from most times over here from 
social gatherings you get to meet um, this person who works with this person who knows this person so what would you suggest uh, looking at the landscape of the tech ecosystem and also uh, looking at the african continent for those who want to work outside their country within african continent or outside the continent what would you advise when it comes to referrals so when it comes to referrals don't be afraid to ask i think that's one of my friends jade actually was saying this to me that her business exploded by a 25 percent increase in revenue just because she started saying oh who would you like to refer and it's been something i think i'm still mastering so i'm so interested in the service that i forget that i've got to sell so i think I think that's quite important to say, listen, would you like to refer someone to experience what you've experienced? Asking, you know, the worst thing that can happen, someone can say no. That's the worst thing. So I think asking after someone has complimented you on your service is a good place to start. Um, I also think, you know, one of the things that has helped a lot as well is asking for recommendations on LinkedIn. Asking people to say, please recommend me on LinkedIn or please can I have a letter of recommendation from some of your clients. So that's one of the practices we are now instituting and it's actually working quite well for us. Yeah, I, haven't, I, I would actually second that with some of the viral posts I've seen lately advising on this referral issue, saying that most employers are actually better with referrals. They don't want to go through the stress of uh, going through people's CV. A lot of people coming for interviews, they would just rather take referrals from people who know people. So it's kind of a big issue right now because most people are trying to get referrals, but they don't know how to network. That's the reason why I decided to have this particular conversation because most people just go for events, tech events maybe social events and come back and be like i didn't meet anybody or i talk i didn't talk to so many people the person i talked to is just not going to be helpful and i'm like you don't know you never can tell so referral is an ongoing conversation another ongoing conversation would be quiet quitting and this i can yeah a lot of people will just either they, they stop working as efficiently as they used to or they just find a way to be invisible or just leave. And that leaves the employer with a gap because they weren't expecting it. Even employer, I feel like employers sometimes quite quit on their employees. What do you think about it? I think uh, quiet quitting is happening in the back of the great resignation. Where post-COVID, a lot of us are starting to really realize that it's beyond what our employers can currently give. So, so a lot of people, upon the, that reflection, they just sort of quietly quit. And in Africa, what, what's happening in the quiet quitting, and this is very generic, obviously we're talking about a billion people here, um, that quiet quitting tends to happen emotionally and psychologically where you are no longer engaging. And the reason for that is a lot of people have to have their jobs from a survival perspective. We've got economies growing in the negative. We have got um, inflation rocketing like we've never seen it before. We are seeing um, a lot of African countries see, uh, see you know, unheard of stats when it comes to poverty and people losing their jobs at the moment. So a lot of people are staying in their jobs because they have to from a survival perspective, but they just slowly disengage. So those are some of the trends that we're seeing here. And, I, and, and for me, one of the things is I always like to remind my coaches, it is not your employer's job to keep you engaged. You are the CEO of your career. When you find yourself in that position, what are you going to do about it? So if you're not mentally stimulated, where are you going to get that mental stimulation? Is it through picking up a course? Is it through, you know, perhaps looking at a side hustle? So there are a number of things that you potentially could look at. Um, but I do think 
we have to we have to come back to the fore and re- remember that we are the drivers of our careers not our employers all right um just looking at time because i really want to ask you so many questions and uh you know when you sit with a career coach you just feel like mm, this person gets me even when it's like you're rolling in murky water the career coach can be able to direct you on how to get out of it and play the game properly um let's talk about your consulting film um how is it going and uh what well, for people who would like to be a part of it and get some coaching on how to navigate or properly uh position themselves in their career um how can how can we be a part of this great thing you offer so um i run a business called has said consulting spelled h e s e d consulting and in essence we do humans so we are in the space of recruitment where we help um companies get um get the right talent we do retainment where we work with coaching and training to retain talent um and uh, and we do growing right so we work a lot with employee wellness mm-hmm. so that's the space we play in and we are very very passionate like i mentioned we've got a footprint across the continent of africa and it's really really about um connecting africans to jobs that they thoroughly enjoy and if we're looking at if you're looking to get in touch with me feel free to dm me i'm very active on instagram on linkedin on facebook i'm a very scared of twitter but i'm on twitter <laughs> and you can find me um vumi msweli spelled v for victory u m for mother i for india msweli m for mother is for sugar w e l i career coach and i'm happy to continue the conversation there love that before you run out because time i know i only asked for 30 minutes of your time and i'm stealing some minutes and i unfortunately have a meeting on monday yeah, minutes later yeah i'm just doing my last question before we run out so before you leave i'd like to ask this uh question on behalf of everybody especially the newbies yeah some of them are sending out their resumes and they're yet to get responses and they're confused as that's why they've sent out close to 100 resume and none has actually get back to them or they've not gotten feedback or they've not been qualified for any of the interview into the next stage or next level of getting the job so what do you think is the major problem and how can they resolve this and get the job It basically means that's feedback. Your resume is not where it needs to be, so you're not able to compete accordingly. So, for me, get in touch with a career coach and they'll help you with your resume, then hopefully you'll get more people reverting back. So, I can't squeeze out one tip from you. I'm so sorry. I've got to run. I literally have no excuse. All, right. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the insights shared on the show. Uh, lovely to connect with you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that's it guys uh if you really want some you can you can just see the the conversation is quite impactful uh talking to a professional it's very very mind opening because they help you unravel the 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 confusion you have about networking about navigating your career about transitioning about switching about op- scaling every of this goodness you can get from talking to a career coach um i hope that was very helpful to you in case you want to connect with her she's vumi miswelly on instagram and on twitter and very much on linkedin and we'll definitely put up um, her socials on our social a tech radio on instagram africa tech radio on twitter and of course africa tech radio on facebook thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africa tech radio dot com